0: to bra or not to bra exploring a journey of life's unpredictable twists and turns how to claim your personal power from within and lead a fun fulfilled soul-driven life one epic hilarious insightful coffee chat at a time let's get real let's get raw this is your host and on bra or not to bra Hello everyone, and welcome back to To bra or Not To bra, where we move beyond the traditional ways that we typically think about health and personal growth and get super curious about how good life can be, embodying the fullness of who you are mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and how to make the empowered choices to live your most expansive life. Woo, all right. Thank you so much for being here as always, means the world to me. Love that you're listening to this. It's a juicy episode today. If it's your first time, my name's Emily. I am your host. I'm a certified health and mental wellness coach with a passion for helping women embody their most powerful, soulful, aligned, confident version of themselves. All right, let's get right into it. Today's episode is all about creating the relationships that you want. So if you have ever felt misunderstood, alone, or unseen in a relationship, if you've ever felt frustrated that your conversations go nowhere, if you struggle to know your needs and what to ask for, if you're single and trying to figure out how the hell you're going to find your person in today's world, this is for you. Whether you're in a committed relationship or navigating the single life, this is an episode that you do not want to miss. We are talking with expert relationship coaches, Bob and Shauna. Yes, they're married, and yes, they're a team, and yes, they are fantastic. They coach both couples and singles and are seriously, you guys, some of the kindest, most authentic people I know. Oh, and not to mention that their approach to love relationships and business has been featured across, get ready for this, has been featured across the globe on numerous social media platforms, including, you're ready, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, Good Morning America, and ABC World News Tonight. I mean, could we get any luckier that they're here with us today? We are delving into What is getting in the way of you experiencing the kind of relationship that you want? How do you know what you need to be satisfied in your relationship and how do you ask for it? How do you create a strong bond with your partner, raise your intimacy levels, or how do you release the beliefs and patterns that are holding you back from finding your person or amplifying the relationship that you're currently in? Bob and Shauna go into the difference between a relationship coach, matchmaker, and couples counselor. Tips for a better sex life. Yay. This one is worth it in general, just to listen to the whole episode just for this. The difference between loving someone and being in love. Why feeling safe is the new sexy. Navigating the dating world and setting up your dating app profiles. Guys, this was a game changer for me personally when I coached with them how to know if you're settling in a relationship, common communication blocks for couples, and how to deal with conflict with your partner. So much more to you guys. Random Ask question segment is great as usual. Oh, so good. And right now, you guys, ooh, it feels it feels really good to smile. Before we get into the episode, I want to touch on what's been going on for the past week. So as of today that I'm recording, this intro for the episode, it has officially been one week since the mass shooting at the 4th of July parade in Highland Park. That means it's been one week since my family ran for their lives and luckily made it out. It's been one week since I got a text from my sister at 1027 AM saying, we're all okay. And that's it. And having no idea what she was talking about, heart racing and panic, I called her to see what was going on, only to find out later that day that they almost sat right where the victims were shot and last minute decided to move just a little bit further down the street. There were mass shootings all over the country this weekend, and one is not more important than the other. And... The one in Highland Park didn't just hit home for me. This is home for me. I grew up in Highland Park. I went to Highland Park High School. I grew up going to the 4th of July parade. There were multiple other mass shootings nationwide over the 4th of July weekend. And my heart and prayers go out to every single person affected by these tragedies. It's interesting because I talk about trauma a lot with my clients. And I wanna tell you all listening that it's okay to feel, it's okay to be angry, and it's okay to not know what you are feeling. Dr. Alexandra Solomon, who is a clinical psychologist, best-selling author, also a resident of Highland Park, she says it really well in a Facebook post that she posted last week. She says, all of the science has shown us that trauma is an embodied experience. Some of us are living with the trauma of who we have lost. Some of us are living with the trauma of what we saw, heard, and felt. All of us are experiencing secondary or vicarious trauma based on the stories, near misses, and heartbreak. This is not a political podcast by any means, so I'm not gonna get into the nitty gritty of it, but long story short, this needs to stop, continue to take action, continue calling your representatives, continue donating to those impacted. This is never something I thought that I would be talking about. It, like you don't think it's gonna happen to your your town, but it did. Give your loved ones a hug and send positive healing vibes to those impacted. And on a lighter note, because Life goes on and we get to continue the fight and feel other emotions at our same time. We get to have moments of happiness and be sad. We get to feel anger and feel empowered. And with that being said, speaking of holding your loved ones close, let's dive into the episode all about amplifying your relationships. You guys, I am so excited to have you here today. This has been in the works for a little bit now. Can you tell everyone who you are? Because otherwise I'm going to start talking for you. We're Bob and Shauna.
1: I call him Robert though. So you guys are going to be back and forth with names. But yeah, we're Bob and Shauna. We are relationship coaches that are married. So we go through this stuff together all the time. And it's awesome, and we have a exactly two year old, as of um, nine days nine ago. days ago. Oh my god! And now, I know
0: his bit, name is Forest. You guys,
1: yeah, he's our little miracle babe, and we are loving parenthood and hating it, and also loving each other and
0: <laughs> hating, hating each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we are living the full expression of life together while we get to coach couple oh yeah singles yeah.
0: and you guys when she says that she like that's not like a bullshit like <laughs> we're living our best life like you are actually living your most expansive life yeah and you can feel it right when you're in your presence mm-hmm. oh so, um, no, thank you you guys if you're not watching the video Go watch it, or just like stay tuned because their presence goes through the interweb web audio shit too. So can we swear?
1: It's you know? Emily. Of course we can swear. Because profanity is my second language sometimes.
0: So. Yes, you can <laughs> swear. <laughs> yes, <laughs> fuck shit, whatever you want. <laughs> this is like freedom time because Forest is sleeping.
2: Yes, our son is asleep.
0: Okay, so that description of what you guys do is the most underrated, (laughs) like, glossed over. You guys are miracle workers, basically. That's how I would describe you. Like, what you do is so profound, and the impact you have on people's lives is incredible. And you guys, I know that firsthand because I've coached with them. I know. I know the magic of it. So... Tell us a little bit more about your journey. How did you guys meet? What was that like? Well, wait,
2: before that, I mean, thank you so much for the acknowledgement. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I I think it's easy to gloss over, I mean, for everyone, like the impact that you have on another person, right? We're in that profession, right? We, we, we're in conversations that matter about stuff that matters, uh, about relationships that matter. And for us, it's just like going to work and our work is so deeply connected to our hearts and, and who we are and, and what we get to do. And we're not always present to our own impact. So thank you for that acknowledgement. Yeah, totally.
0: I get that. And you're welcome.
2: Yeah. yeah, That hit my heart. i appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, oh, you guys, I love them so
2: much. <laughs> did we me, we met on a hookup app called Tinder.
0: Hell yes.
2: <laughs> but I don't, I don't think either of us were there to hook up. Like no. we were actually both there looking for. <laughs> okay. i'm sorry do
0: people go on tinder for any other reason yes
2: Uh, yeah like i I mean i was there to look for like a relationship it just happened to be i mean this was six years ago five years ago six years ago a little over six years ago so okay i don't know the reputation that tinder has now but back then it was still kind of like a hookup app but also you could
0: but like it was the dating app yeah
2: yeah it was this dating app at the time and, and we were both there with the intention of creating a relationship and who we were both being like in our profiles, how our profiles were set up was very clear that, Hey, we are here looking for a relationship. We are here looking for our people. And I I had such a different experience with that app previously, because I had a totally different like profile, like it just wasn't really as direct and as clear with what I wanted because frankly, I wasn't as direct or clear with what I wanted. I'm
0: laughing because (laughs) this is the exact work I did with Bob and Shauna during my sessions with them. Oh, it's okay. Now I'm understanding why you knew the magic behind this. So, I I right. Because
1: we were doing our work.
2: Yeah. And then we changed our profiles, both of us on it. I remember when I saw, I think I saw Shauna's profile first. I saw this woman and I was like, oh my God, there she is. This is, like, the avatar of the woman that I want to be with, you know, from, like, what she was up to, her photos, you know, of course, what she looked like. Um, she was, like, you know, everything I wanted. And then I still and had.
0: And I was, like, this guy will do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but I still, I still had that thought, like, a woman like that would never swipe right on a guy like me. Like, I still had this, this mindset or this, that, like, I couldn't actually get a woman like that. You know, and then Mm. then like two days later, we matched and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what do we do? Oh my God. I was just like so excited, nervous, scared, excited. Um, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, I love that. That that was my, um, (laughs) that was my experience. Yeah.
0: All right. I got to hear yours, Shauna.
1: Oh, yeah. I had gone on like 150 to 200 first dates before I met him, and I what? was like...
0: How do you actually know that?
1: I think that's an underestimation. of He's, <laughs> like, <me." laughs> pretty much calculated um, <laughs> years, how many dates I would typically go on a week, how many weeks I had, like, taken off a year. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love you. Yeah. Okay. The- so you were, like, a master dater.
1: Yeah, it was exhausting and exhilarating and... Weird and wild and not what I wanted at the time. Like I wanted to be, I was 38 when I finally met Robert. So like, I was like Charlotte in sex in the city. My hair hurt from just going on, (laughs) going on all those dates. I was just so exhausted. Um, And so like, I was like, you know what? I'm the common denominator here. So something has to shift with me. So I oh this...
0: that's deep can i interrupt you for a second
1: yeah yeah
0: okay i'm the common denominator so something's gotta shift with me a lot of people if they hear that might think that that means there's something wrong with you you gotta fix it
1: there was definitely some some of that in there because okay um You know, all the time I would have people saying like, what's wrong with you? Why are you still single? I got that question all the time from people I was going on first dates with to even thought of it, you know, to family members at Christmas time. Like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have anybody? Like, oh God, I'm going to go hide out on the toilet and just hang out there.
0: (laughs) But it was, it's also, we've talked about this before where we've had a similar experience With that of people being like, you're so great. You're so amazing. How are you? Like, it's not always like what's wrong with you. It's like, how hasn't someone picked you up yet?
2: Yeah. I wasn't getting that, but I I started to look at, like, in my own life, I was like, you know, I had another failed relationship before I met Shauna. Like, not failed, like, but it just wasn't the experience that I wanted, right? But I learned a lot. And it was in that relationship where I was finally like the common denominator in all my relationships is me. And so there's an opportunity for me to look at how I might be contributing to the relationship experience or the relationship breakdowns that I seem to keep experiencing. Right. Mm. I I keep getting involved with women that aren't, you know, maybe totally emotionally available. I'm not, being fully authentic. I'm not feeling like I'm, I can be myself in these relationships. Um, yeah. And there like was,
0: truly authentic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And there was just, there's like, well, what's that about Bob? You know, let, let's look there. Let's explore there. And I and that exploration was my responsibility. And I think like, when we say like, what's the common denominator, denominator it's me. It's like, well, yeah, then you have a responsibility to take a look at yourself. Mm. You know, like if, you've always dated like unavailable women who are crazy. There's a part of you that keeps creating that. Or, yeah.
0: Like you're, you're attracting it based off what you're putting out there. Yeah. Okay. So Shana, what did you realize about yourself?
1: So I was either going to hire a matchmaker or a life coach. And one night I was just swiping on Tinder and found him and his smile. There was something about his smile that I was like, there's something about this guy, like. I kind of had an inner knowing, but I was really scared about his tattoos. This a, is
2: the picture she she swiped right on.
1: And a, That's an awesome smile. And I was I like. I
0: mean, that smile though. There's something about that smile. How could you that, It's yeah. a t-shirt and like, you could see his like tattoo Ooh. sleeves. Did you cover that part up and just look at this and see if you still approved? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. <laughs> so we went on our first date and it was awesome
1: it was great yeah he had this like little vest sweater on <laughs> which was so cute i thought <laughs> but yeah i mean t- we totally clicked we totally clicked it was it was wonderful and there were just a lot of similarities about certain things but we also were very different and it was just like magic from there and
2: that the, this is a picture that i sent her and i was like hey this is what i'm wearing meet, you know meet me at the he bar have
1: like a oh my god I mean, it was a blazer. He was all dressed up and I was like in jeans. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was in
2: jeans. Oh yeah, you were. Yeah. But like, you know, I wanted to make a good first impression. I was like, I'm putting my best foot forward in all my relationships.
0: I can be chill, but I'm also like a classy, good looking guy too.
2: Yeah. I was like in my 10th month out of 12 with my coach training. So that whole year was like all transformation. Like totally no stone unturned with my own personal development. <laughs>
0: Okay, so speaking of first dates, I want to know, do you tell your clients, like, make sure you talk about X, Y, Z on the first date? Are there any rules that you put out there, like, don't have sex on the first date? No.
2: We I mean, do We do different kind of coaching. I we think. don't have, like, like, specific, like, here's the top 10 list kind of thing. But what we do is get our clients clear on... The conditions that need to exist in this person or this experience for them to feel satisfied. So what we do say is, are you going on a date with someone that would meet those conditions? Are you going on a date with someone that is your future partner? Right. Like time, time aside, could this person fit into your idea and mold of what a forever partner would be? If that's your intention of dating. Right. So it's making sure that they're aligned and they're taking action. That's aligned with the experience that they actually want to create in the future. Cause like how many, I mean, how many times have you gone on a date? Like we're just kind of like, eh, I'm, I'm just going to go or like see what happens, but you know, like in your, your gut, you know, that this is, I don't want to say a waste of time, but like, it's just not going to be your person.
0: Okay. You know, what's crazy about that. And I don't think I've told you guys this yet. Um, so when I, I've known you guys for a few years now, but I just recently did a few actual like coaching sessions with them. And right after that, one, I started just attracting way more high quality men. It was ridiculous. I did tell you guys that part. It was like, you guys can't even, that's a whole other episode. Um, And then there were like two dates that I had scheduled that I ended up canceling because I had that exact feeling. And I was like, no, yeah, it's going to be, I don't feel bad canceling. Cause it'd be a waste of their time too.
2: Yeah.
0: Ooh. I just got pills
1: Nice work. Yeah. Thank you. it, like you're yeah. feeling that. Right? Yeah. Like, and it's just aligned with you energetically and what you want to create.
2: Yeah. And it's such a good, I mean, it's all based on how you're, your being about it, right? Like, because you could actually use that to be like, "Oh, I know this person is the one," and that's just your fear talking. But
0: that's so true.
2: Yeah. So, like, you can you, you can use our powers against us, right? Like, that's not. So you have to you have to actually be so connected to yourself and what you want, and actually realize it's just just me. It's just, just me wanting to cancel because I'm actually scared to meet the person of my dreams, or is this me? canceling because I know this is just going to be a total dud, right? So yes. you have to be, I mean, just aware of that. And if you know, so much of our work is is working on building this relationship with yourself. So actually calling bullshit on yourself, like, oh, I'm just scared. I'm at my growing edge right now. Or, you know, like, like for me, it was, you know, maybe I wore my sweater vest and my blazer because I felt a little insecure about getting to go on this day with this incredible woman. So I wanted to make sure that I've, you know, I, I looked the part, you know, whatever I thought that was at that time, but it's, it's having, you know, complete understanding of, of who you are and, and what's actually happening inside you. Is this just fear or is it just me stepping into what's next? And that's scary, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. That's such a good point because something that comes up a lot for me and my clients, my friends, it's like, how do you, How do you know how to listen to your gut feeling, how to listen to that part of you when you're meeting someone on an app and haven't even talked to them voice or face-to-face?
1: So often we ignore our intuition and our inner knowing uh, because there's so much doing. Like we have so much doing in the world, meaning like, Check the box, checking the boxes, going to work, meeting your friends, do, do working out, doing all the things when, um, like sitting in silence and listening to that inner voice and going within can be so incredibly powerful. Um, and in sometimes in our doing, it really blocks who we, like how we communicate with ourselves and with others. So um if for any listeners out there who are in this spot where I was many, many times where I was like, should I go out with this guy? And then I'd like I knew I didn't want to go out with this guy and then I came home and was like, God, I would have just rather have spent the evening on the couch. Yep. So I didn't I I listened to everybody else saying well, it could be the relationship that, um, you know, just takes a while to grow. Or it could be a relationship that, blah, blah, blah you know, all the dot, dot, dot.
0: You never know until you go out. Like, you can't just expect right. perfection up front. Like, right. fuck you.
1: Right. So I had all that bullshit in my brain. Like, a lot of people who are dating right now. Um, and, I didn't actually listen to that thing that was like, this, this person is not right for you. Like not right for you at all. Um, Even before going on the date.
0: And part of that for me is, is not feeling guilt for having that instinct based off someone's picture.
2: Yeah. Yes. Shauna got that vibe when she saw my picture, I got the same thing with her. there's a whole other knowing available to us when we slow down and when we actually get connected to our body and our heart and our soul and like get aligned with action that way like i firmly believe life the universe god or whatever you want to call it will start throwing opportunities and people and things your way that are aligned with that and it's you know like i look at shauna going on all those dates as she was just checking the box like quantity over quality
1: Right, And I was doing it out of fear that I <laughs> wouldn't, I was like making all these decisions from a place of fear, not from a place of who I want to actually attract and bring in. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. So at that time, were you confident in yourself though? Because you come across as a very confident person.
1: Um. Yeah. In fact, I was told that I was too confident even by like close loved ones, I was told that I was too confident. She was. I would
2: scaring men away.
0: Scaring I mean, men, people. I've I... never heard that one before. What are you talking about?
2: I know. <laughs> like those are those aren't men. If you're scaring them away, those are boys. Right. Like, yeah. Um. Like I was just too. I was too much.
1: Mm. Um. And there's gonna have to be a special person for that's gonna want to be with me.
0: That can handle all of your energy.
1: Right. Cause I'm six, like I'm six feet tall and I know I have a big energetic presence, which a lot of your listeners probably do as well. So one of the things that we talk to our, especially single clients is like make choices from what you want to create, not from fear or what our society is going to tell you about being single. Because what I also heard was you need to lower your expectations. Oof. And I was like, that's bullshit. I'm 38 years old. I actually need to raise my standards and raise my expectations because I know I'm not going to be, I'm not going to put up with all that bullshit. Like I just, I can't, I won't. And I'd rather be single. Yeah. I made decision after decision after decision in my dating life based on all these like people chirping in my ear and society chirping in my ear about things that I should do. When, what I, when I started like going within and I did, I did a daily practice of going within, like I I would wake up, I probably did it for like six months before meeting Robert. I did a whole manifestation practice of going for walks Doing breath work, meditating, doing gratitude, creating a mantra that I would literally cry. I I literally cried when I said this mantra for like forty-five minutes every day. What was the mantra? Um, I'm so happy and grateful for my my husband, my family and my incredible home. I mean, like the, the mantra wasn't spectacular, but it spoke from the future. And I visualized what it would look like being in my home and having my partner saying, honey, I'm home. And that's the thing that actually made me like cry and tear up. So I did like a whole ritual and I started making decisions based on me just being with me instead of holding off on buying that house until I met that partner or hell like held off on going on these extravagant vacations until I met this partner of mine. Mm. That's bullshit. Like I need to live my life. So I had gotten my second master's degree and then I, I was like, I'm going to take myself to New
0: Zealand because I can. And I want, Oh, that is so weird that you just said that and you don't know why had that been on like your top list of places to go i've i had student
1: taught there um and my sister was living there at the time and so this was this was the second trip that ended up being a sister trip which so it was awesome i love new zealand what's going on Oh my
0: god (laughs) okay here's why i'm freaking out so my ex from a few years ago we lived together we had a trip planned to Australia and New Zealand for, I don't know, like February and we broke up in October Mm -hmm. and part of the reason that I wanted to break up with him then, people are like, oh my gosh, just wait until you go to freaking, like, he's paying for it. Like use that. And I'm like, I don't want those memories of their knowing that this isn't the person that I want to be with. Mm. I'd rather go by myself because I know that I love me Yes, and I have not gone yet, but that's pandemic related, but that's the first place I'm going when I go on a vacation, whether it's solo or with someone else, I don't care. So for everyone listening, What's the distinction, what's the difference between a relationship coach, a matchmaker, and a couples counselor?
2: Great, great questions. And um, the thing that, like, has was just coming up for me in, in the earlier shares was, like, this is why you need to hire a professional. <laughs> <laughs> so why we would say, right, like, to get you connected to what you actually want, who you actually are why you actually want it, when do you want to buy, what's the action to take to get it, right? It's a very different conversation than, like, all the awesome advice that we typically get from people, right? What are your expectations, or just go on a bunch of dates, or do it harder, you need to change, or, right? Like, all the advice we get from friends. Put
0: yourself out there more.
2: Yeah, all that stuff, right? So, when I think of a matchmaker... I think of the word consultant. They're a very spe- They're giving you a very, very specific service. You are hiring them for them to find you a partner. Hmm. Um, and they're like setting up your dates for you, right? And finding right, right. And then when I think of couples counseling, you know, it's typically done by a a licensed, trained professional. That's dealing with a specific approach with the couple, usually around some type of harm, trauma, or a significant breakdown that's happened. It's a therapeutic modality and it's aimed to heal. The whole process is aimed to heal whatever the breakdown was. We love all, all supports in relationship. And, and where we come as coaches is we are about creating the future. We are about creating the exact circumstances in your life in the present day that will help you achieve the results that you want in the future. So when you think about if you're at point A and you want to get to, to point C, right, where's the B? What's in what's missing in that equation that gets you to, to C? So we're very action-oriented and we're very goal-oriented. Now, mm-hmm. not to say that our relationships are very dynamic, right? There's a lot going on. And our, who we are being in our relationships impacted by many things, right? Our childhood, our previous relationships, the relationships that were modeled for us by our parents or other adults or TV or Hollywood, whatever, right? There's a lot of dynamic and input that, that informs what relationships should be like Mm. when we're supporting clients and creating their future. Here comes the story. Here comes the blocks. Here comes the past. Right, totally normal. Like we'll, we'll address some of that stuff, but we're not going to diagnose you, or we're not going to therapeutically heal you, or or or
0: with serial data diagnosis. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But <laughs> I would say I would say ninety over ninety percent of our clients also have some type of therapeutic support person in their lives, whether yes. it's a therapist, the counselor, whatever. You know, so. Um, You know, and we partner with, you know, we've partnered with matchmakers as well. It's like, hey, we got this amazing client. Do you got anyone in your roster for them? Right. So I like to think of us as almost like when you are ready to take the action that's sufficient to overcome your resistance (laughs) and you're ready to take the action that's going to help you create results in your life, that's where the coach comes in
0: take take action that's sufficient enough to overcome your resistance yes yeah
1: because so many people like let's say there's a couple and they are in like a communication breakdown like one person is they, they might be angry all the time or they may be separated all the time and not really fully connected or intimate not not necessarily intimate in like the sexual way but just like you know touch kissing holding conversations, that conversations that matter. that matter. Those are all intimate experiences. And a lot of, a lot of the people that were coaching as far as couples, they think that's either normal or they're just putting up with it over time. It becomes the norm of how they relate to each other. And that's how you get a lot of people who, you know, once their kids are, 18 and off to college, they separate because they have nothing in common anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. And they've done and, nothing to nurture. And they've,
1: yeah. They've done nothing to nurture their relationship to actually like keep your, keep their hearts and their souls and their energies connected. So Robert talks about a lot about like we're action oriented. Um, we are also like a, an accountability structure that supports their souls in staying divinely connected in a way that is also like boots on the ground Mm -hmm. actions Um, that will those like those actions actually feed our soul so when we're talking about like taking the action even amongst the resistance it's like no one wants to get help i say no one but like if we're still talking about a couple like it's difficult to say to your partner we need help it's triggering because then it we actually have to look at ourselves and and when i
0: think especially relationship coaching like there was no um iffiness about me hiring a business coach right or you know what i mean because that's that wasn't like a oh i failed that was like a okay now i can do better help me rather than what the fuck is wrong with me. Right.
2: Yeah. It, it's, a, yeah. it's a more, I don't know if the word's intimate, but it, it's a bigger admission, right? That yeah. I, you know, I need, I don't know, like, I don't like to think what we do is help, you mm-hmm. know, but it's like, I, I need a structure to support me in creating this X result. Right. And one of our clients said it so beautifully. She's like, she's an incredible entrepreneur, multiple business, super successful and she uh in in one of our intakes she was like you know i've got goals in my business i've got goals with my money i've got goals with my health and then it comes to my relationship you know she was married for you know a decade a couple kids she's like i have we have no goals there's nothing that Mm -hmm. we're like creating together and it's such it was such a profound and um enlightening example of how we normally do relationship they're done by what we would say in coaching as default, like they they're just supposed to happen there's not a lot of intention that we put into it and that's and like what Shauna shared you know you multiply that by 10 15 20 years and the kids are gone and it's like why are we doing this who are you who am I what's the point right and there's enough breakdown and hurt and and stuff that has gone on in the relationship that doesn't make sense to stay together that's what happens and it's not saying that staying together is good and leaving is bad but if you're not getting the experience that you want in relationship, like that's that's heartbreaking right like yeah. not be able to give and receive love in a way that matters to you and to feel safe and heard and seen and all those wonderful things that we get from powerful relationships That's heartbreaking like living any amount of your time being in that I'll dare I say neglect right? whether it's self-imposed or yeah, you don't realize it's what it is. It's heartbreaking. And like, we're over here, like you can create anything you, any future <laughs> relationship, you know, yes, we're coaches and our clients are the ones who are always driving, but we have specific set of tools, specific set of distinctions and conversations to have powerful conversations, like not only with yourself, but also with, with your partner or your future partner. Like if yes. you're
0: single. Ooh, I want to dive into communication, but I have a question first. How do you know if you're either settling slash if you're in a relation, like let's say it's the example of you're married, your kids went to school, and then you're like, I don't know who, I don't know what this relationship is anymore. At what point do you stop trying so hard to repair it and call it quits, aka divorce? Do you know what I mean? Like, where?
2: Yeah, like, like, sh- like, should we stay? Should we stay together based on our our history, or do we want to stay? Together
0: and together like with each other. How How many years can we try to work on that? Like, how do you know when it's actually not gonna work?
2: I mean that that's a that's the question, right? Like, like we personal. we've we've worked with um couples in every stage of relationship and you know we've worked frankly with some couples who are like this is our last shot if 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 we don't figure something out out through your program or through working with you like we're done you know and it's you know it what comes to me is this conscious uncoupling right like if it's if it's done with kindness and love and respect and curiosity um, that's a very much different experience than I'm so hurt and broken and I hate you. Leave me alone. Right. So Mm. supporting them in, in whatever transition that they might be in, in a powerful way, in a way that's actually supported versus incomplete breakdown and and totally messy.
1: Yeah. And to put it in like plain terms, it's like empowering the breakdown versus being a victim to it.
2: Ooh. Yes. Super simple.
0: Empowering the breakdown versus being a victim to it.
2: Like empowering the problem, right? Like, Here's the problem yeah. we have in a relationship. Okay, well, well, then what is the opportunity? Right. Right. That's the free frame of the conversation is like, great, you've been together for 10 years, you're not connected. Do you still see opportunity here? And if I think to answer your question, Emily, if that question is answered yes, then you continue. If you're like, I don't see opportunity, um, then you're in a different conversation. Yeah. Right. And yeah,
0: it's like, is there an opportunity? For us to take empowered action yeah. to get closer. Yeah. And if that's not a desire, then doing it is not empowering. You're just continuing to be a victim.
2: Yeah. And and one of the you know, one of the things we ask is like one of those cliche questions is like, Do you love your partner? And they're like, Yes. I'm like, Are you in love with them? And then that that gives us a lot of information. And that that's like the whole name of our our incubators living in love. It's it's to help folks create that experience of living in love again. Because we, you know, it's our assertion that that's a it's a much more enjoyable experience than just feeling like you have to be tied and you just have to automatically love this person because you because you spent some so much time with them and have created so much. Like actually having something that's a, alive and living and and having yeah. that experience is so much more enjoyable
0: have I ever told you guys that last summer someone stopped me on the street was like, you have really pretty hair. Can I ask you a question? I was like, okay. (laughs) And he asked me, he was like, what do you think the difference is between loving someone and being in love with someone?
2: Oh, wow. Great question.
0: Exactly what you were just talking about. And I, I had a similar answer to what, you were talking about but can you can you answer that directly like how if someone was like what is the difference between love and in love
2: The uh, the way i would answer this is is creation when you're in love you're still creating something there's still like opportunities boundless it, there's vitality you're alive like think about the creative process right it can still be messy and, and confusing and unsure but you're creating something you're moving forward you're, you're bringing something to existence whereas like if if there's just like the love as a placeholder I, I think there's stagnation you're just tolerating the experience
0: like one is active and one is passive
2: totally simply put yeah
0: yeah sure <laughs> that's what i should have fucking said to him god that was probably, that was probably
2: your yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: y'all if you know me you know that i love low bucks it's sprouted buckwheat that i put in everything. I'm always looking for something that's low sugar, high protein, high fiber, loaded with antioxidants that I can just throw into a bunch of things that I'm eating throughout the day. And this is it. You guys, seriously, I like stock up on it. I recommend it to all of my clients. It is the perfect game changer for adding crunch and getting in that plant-based protein without getting a crazy sugar high with traditional granolas. It's gluten-free, vegan, grain-free, paleo, organic, and best of all, it's woman-owned and run. Will Bucks was a game changer for everything that I eat throughout the day. I put it on my oatmeal, in my smoothie bowls, on top of my smoothie bowls, I put it on toast with peanut butter and banana, and sometimes I'll just eat it straight out of a bowl like it's cereal. It is so freaking good. Please go try it. Your body and your taste buds will be happy that you did. And you can use my promo code, EmilyGolan15, at lovelilbucks.com for 15% off your first order. All right. I think you guys understand my obsession. I hope you try it out too, and it becomes a staple in your diet. Let's get back to the episode. No, when this is done (laughs) and we're not recording, I will describe to you the human that approached me.
2: I can imagine. I can imagine.
0: Yeah.
1: I will say living in love is like it lights up your
0: soul. Like
1: there's a Ooh. there's a part of your energetic experience that on this planet that is here to be with this other person. And it's it's like a divine experience that um, when you just let something go or separate, you' you're actually not fully lit up on on a soul, divine spiritual level.
0: Mm. It's like in, uh, in a live energetic exchange.
1: Yes mm. yep. Yeah. and for me, that's being in love as well as like going through the shit. And then knowing that you can can come back to your person because there's so many people that will go through their shit alone in their relationship and feel so alone. Yeah. Mm. Um, And that's love. They have, they love their person, but they're not like doing and being what needs to exist in order for that divine connection to thrive.
0: I like that. It's like there's love there and then there's the action component there.
1: Yeah. It's action. It's energy. It's an experience. Yes. And that's what makes it not passive anymore. And the the passivity is what creates that feeling of alone. Like there's so many people who sleep next to their partner who just feels so alone. And I've been there like Robert and I had a rough time after we brought Forrest home and we both felt really alone because we couldn't fully nurture our relationship in the way we really wanted to or needed to at that time. So that's, I think for me, that's, that's the in love piece mm-hmm. that is so powerful when you're connecting
2: arts and emotions.
0: And- so what did you do about that? For when that was happening with you guys.
2: We got, I mean, we got help. Oh, you know, we, if we went, like, that's the water we swim in. It's like, if we're not experiencing, like, what we want, we're not going to figure it out ourselves. Like, we're, mm. and we're swimming in that pool. We need someone to take us out of the pool and set us on the side and have a different experience and conversation with us. And for us, that was, we worked with a traumatic pregnancy, which is what we went through therapist for a few months. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, and we also, we have our own relationship coach that we work with. Yeah. So so. see,
0: I think that's key. That's key because like two parts of that one is the, everybody gets to have and deserves external support. And the other piece here is that what we were talking about of like feeling alone with your partner, if you're sleeping in bed with them that can sometimes, like for me in my past relationship with who I was living with, the continuation of that was kind of like the last straw of how I knew that this wasn't a fit. Yeah. And that's not to say though, that like that is the truth all the time. Like for you guys that happened, that didn't mean, oh, relationship over. Yeah that there's not like a black and whiteness when it comes to the emotions and your experiences and what you go through, because it's different with every partner. Right.
2: Yeah. And I think it, that like speaks to the commitment and speaks to the devotion that, you know, healthy couples have, right? Like, I mean, maybe once or twice, like I questioned why am I with this? Like, why am I staying? like, why am I in this relationship? But it was very fleeting and it was just fear, Yep. You know, like I knew that we would be able to work on it and, and like, that's one of the, the greatest things about our relationship is that we always come back to center. It might, you know, it might be five minutes. It might be five weeks. We don't know, but like we will, we will always, you know, we will always come back. And, and that speaks to like my commitment to myself and my commitment to the way I want to, be held in a relationship. And that also speaks to the commitment to this woman that I made, you know, when when we, when we got married and like when we first met. Totally.
0: So for everyone out there listening right now, bringing it full circle here, how do you know if you're settling? I know you talk about this a lot. We were actually talking about it right before we started recording and you were telling me about what it means to settle and how, Mm -hmm. how that's impacting like, I mean, this is not what you said, but I'm saying it. Our society at large, when it comes to relationships.
2: The thing that just popped up to me now is, I don't know who said this or where I heard it from, but this notion that your life is a reflection of what you tolerate. So if your relationship is a reflection of what you tolerate, take a look. If you are continuously unhappy, not feeling seen, not feeling heard, not feeling close, not feeling connected. Is this person an addition to your life versus a subtraction, right? Those are, those are some of the tough, honest questions you get to ask yourself and only you can answer them. And are you in sufficient relationship with yourself to actually answer them honestly and truthfully? You know, is it that fear that's saying you're settling because you're scared of a deeper level of commitment? Or is it, not settling because you don't want to go through another breakup right like so
0: yeah you won't find someone else yeah
2: exactly and you know like Shauna alluded to it, like it's this intuition and, and when you get quiet with yourself and just allow that that wisdom that truth to come up like that's important I mean that that's how it will, will also support you is um like you know you you know if you are or not, you truly do. You just may not want to hear it. Or you may have a hard time hearing it, but you know. That's our belief anyway. Yeah. And in our society, there's so much that pulls us away from ourselves.
0: From being able to listen to that knowing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, it, like, I love what Robert said. is like settling is a subtraction, you know, from your life. And that, that kind of goes along with the standards thing that I talked about earlier was, like, I'm not going to lower my standards. I'd rather be with myself. And it's like, does this person light me up? If not,
0: what am I doing? Point. Yeah. I know something that I've been told before that became my truth for a little bit, well, a while, is, Emily, you'll never find the perfect person. No one is perfect. So... That constantly being told to me, almost, like, I almost used it as an excuse to stay in relationships that I knew weren't right, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And to be like, okay, well, yeah, you might not agree on everything, and this might be like a big, kind of a big thing, but it's not really a big factor because you're going to have things with everyone, so you might as well just... Accepts that this is what's happening with this relationship.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, no, nobody's perfect, but is this the person that I want to be imperfect with? Right? That's the Ooh. That's the thing. Like, there is no, like, perfect person out there. I, I don't think in that mindset. But Shauna's the perfect
0: I mean, person. that's rude a little bit, but it's fine.
2: <laughs> I'm just kidding. But Sha- I mean, Shauna's a <laughs> perfect person for me because... She gets my imperfection. She gets. I get her
1: imperfections. Most
2: of most of the time. <laughs> Our commitment is there to to grow together and to be curious together. First, oh my god! I can't believe you're not this person I thought you were. Or I can't believe you did this again. Or I can't. You know. It's got. Yeah. Of
0: those things, though. For me, it was like not listening to certain value alignments.
2: Yeah. That's a little bit of a different conversation, but yeah.
0: It's a very different conversation. That goes back to
2: what you need to be satisfied in your relationship.
0: Yeah. And then coming back to what Shauna was saying of like, you need to lower your expectations. And I think that's because for both of us and a lot of women out there, if you are like, I'm really confident in who I am. I love me. I love my body. I mean... I literally help women reach that point for a living. Not to say I'm perfect, but I truly like who I am. And sometimes I would get like a little cocky about it. I'd be like, okay, well, every man is telling me how amazing I am. Why can't you just pick one, And Like, they're all coming to you. They're all saying how much they adore you and how they don't meet women like this, blah, 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 and you can't just settle. And that would get into my head a lot, but honestly it wasn't until I was working, this was not supposed to be a testimonial you guys, but it was when I started working with you guys, which was literally just a few months ago. Like I've had coaching calls with them before that was more life coaching, business coaching, but. The ones we've had recently were specifically about relationship coaching. And that's when that fear of, am I being too picky or too judgy, just went away. And then that's when I started attracting different type of men.
2: Yeah, you see how it's just the noise, right? The noise that's actually one of the things that's in the way of you creating the experience that you actually want getting responsible for that part of you, like you being that common denominator, you taking a look there.
0: Yeah. Like not looking for, okay, are they as confident as I am? But more looking for like what you were saying, like, do we want to be imperfect together? Yeah.
2: So I think it's like, it's such a great place to get to, which I I think we both got to in our own single lives was, man, if there's anyone coming into my life, they're going to be an addition. Like they're going to, they're going to make me a better person. They're going to help me want to be a better person for them, right? Yep. This is like, you know, the opposite or just checking the box or filling in the blank or, you know, settling, tolerating.
0: A 100%. I want to bring it back to communication because this is huge, huge. I mean, as, I was going to say as creatures, what the fuck, as <laughs> humans, like, <laughs> how we connect is through different types of communication, whether it's energetic, verbal, whatever. So I'm curious, what are the blocks that you see that are most common when it comes to communication with couples? Like when, (laughs) Bob's already smiling, so I'm not even gonna say the rest of that question. (laughs)
2: Yeah, uh, being right, um, righteousness, I think is a huge one. Um, like, especially in conflict, right? Like when you're right, you can't take ownership. And when you're right, there's no curiosity. So it's, it's actually trying to understand your partner's point of view, right? You know, typically there's a conflict or a situation that's, that's creating the challenge. And it's usually from like some type of disagreement or something, or something happened and you got triggered and like your survival mechanism or your fear-based way of being is trampling all over the situation or your partner. So it's actually understanding a listening to understand versus listening to respond. I love that saying. And you can only do that if you're actually curious and you can only be curious if you're not right. You know,
0: okay. But what about the times when you know you're right?
2: <laughs> well, you, your partner, I'm over there, at Emily right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> your, your partner over there has, has a different experience. Yeah. Different perspective, right? Different perspective, different lens. Yeah. So you're, and you're not in this relationship by yourself. Like we get this all the time with, with couples where one person wants to do work and the other person doesn't. And then what suffers is the relationship. So, I mean, if you're committed to this relationship you have to be committed to understanding your partner's perspective. You have to be open to receiving whatever that is. And you still may think they're right or, you know, think they're wrong. and still think you're right, but you still have to be open to that contribution because it's what it is. It's a contribution to the relationship.
0: Okay. So how do you do that?
2: Listen,
1: your question actually piggybacks on what I was going to say. How do you do that? It's like, There has to be safety in the relationship, meaning I can tell my partner what I need without them being scared of my emotions, without them being defensive, without them trying to fix me. Mm -hmm. So there's a safety that needs to be created in order for a person who is normally in that, like, I'm right to shift. And that's the exact work. Like we have a ton of tools to support people in doing that and creating a safe space where they can actually start to ask for what they need or feel the feelings. Because a lot of times what we see is there's one person who can't be with another person's feelings. Like it's too much for them or they make it about them and how they are being bad when it's like, I just need, I just need to have my emotions. Um, Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that is like kind of an antidote to having another person, it's not really an antidote, but it's a a way to support each other and feeling safe is kind of calling yourself out. And it's like, hey, I'm actually going through this. This is what I need from you. So you can say what you're going through and then ask for what you need. And that's one of the easiest ways to create a safe space. Is to say, Hey, this is what I'm working on, or this is what I'm going through. And it takes you looking inward to see, okay, what do I need here? Do I need this person just to listen? Do I need them to nod their head? (laughs) Do I need them to hug me after I tell them this? Do I need them to just say the words back to me and say, I understand that must be hard. Mm -hmm. Bring compassion to the experience. Versus this is what I need. And then they're like, no, this is what you need. (laughs) So Mm -hmm.
0: um, never had that happen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So one of the ways to create safety is to say actually what you're going through. Like, I'm really upset. I'm mad. And I'm going to go for a walk. I'll be right back. I need to clear my head so I can have a great conversation with you or whatever. Whatever that looks like. Instead of like storming out, which is what I used to do. Yeah.
0: So creating space for each other to react and respond in a way that's most supportive and conducive yeah. to the relationship. And
1: responsible. Like when I say call myself out, that just allows you to vocalize what's going on with your partner and them to be to be like, Oh, this is actually what this person needs.
2: Like, this is what she needs, or this is what they need. One of the great things that, like, the couples that we work with get to create, and, I mean, anyone that we work with, singles too, is, is there's, this creates a common language mm-hmm. and a com- a common way to communicate effectively that is supportive, right? Like, everyone's on basically the same playing field, which does wonders for, couples like especially you know whoever's receiving the communication it's like they know that it's not their job to try to defend themselves or it's not their job to justify it's just their job to listen and they learn that and they get to practice what it actually means to listen to my partner and to listen to what the the breakdown is or what needs to be communicated and what sean was also sharing too is so much of our work is needs based it's based in what do you need what do you actually need from yourself
0: and owning that?
2: Yeah. Oh, I, I just need to exit the conversation for a minute. I need to go for a walk. You know, what do you need from your partner? What does your partner need from you as you go do that? Right. So that's, we do a lot of work with needs, really understanding what your core fundamental needs are in relationship, what they are during conflict, what they are during uh, breakdown is that's, that's inevitable. It's going to happen. And we're so bad at navigating through difficult situations in our relationships because no one's modeled it.
0: Yeah. We're not taught how to have intentional conversations and communication.
2: Our, our, our child wounds, our wounded children come up, you know, they start joining the conversation, like our inner <laughs> children, they start joining the conversation. Our dysfunction from previous relationships joins the conversation or our fears about the future our, our shame about the past joins the conversation. And it's, it's just a right battleground for, yeah you know, breakdown. And, and most people don't even know what they need. Yeah. And again, breakdown's not bad. It's inevitable. But like, do you want to spend two weeks in this argument or do you want to spend two hours?
0: Okay. This is so good. I can't remember if this is therapy or coaching or whatever helped me discover this exact component of like, for me, when someone is bringing up an argument or if i'm bringing it up whatever however it comes to be to say exactly what you said like i need to take myself out of this situation right now and go cool off because i it's i know it's not going to be conducive to getting to point c and there was an example of this in real life. It was like the first time I put this into practice and it wasn't with a significant other. It was either with one of my sisters or a friend or something. And I said that and they got so offended. They thought that that was me being disrespectful mm. and just running away and not giving a fuck about them or what they were saying. So I just want to, for everyone listening right now, if that is something that you do. Okay. Well, tell me if you agree with this, because I'm not the relationship coach here, but if that's something that you do, I would highly recommend talking about that before putting it into practice.
1: Totally. Yeah. When you are a person and that's kind of, that's like a version of stonewalling, um, is like leaving. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I used to just leave. And not tell him what was going on. And that didn't go well with him because one of his fundamental needs is to not be left. And I was walking out the door when I was upset because I could not process what was going on. And I knew I would not be able to articulate things. And I knew that I needed to get my energy back. But once we actually had conversations about what was going on, he now he's like, hey, do you need to go for a walk? <laughs> Or he'll actually go for a walk. Or, like, we know that we might need some time in between to, like, huff it out, like, on our own and then come back. So, yeah, it didn't go well when I didn't have those previous conversations because he yeah. made it about him. It was only about me.
0: Yep. So I just got, like, so many memories flooding back, but definitely not going to share all of them on the episode or podcast in general but before we conclude with this amazingly beautiful episode let's make it a little sexy so i mean we're really hot all of us but if you're not watching the video let's spice it up a bit i mean so are not to bra right the bra or not to bra today there is definitely no bra <laughs> i was actually just telling them that this is a bathing suit top but it's it's like really cute and you can't tell that except now, you know, so you guys have a freebie on your site that says spark the intimacy. Tell me about that. You know that on the pod with me, we're all about sex and intimacy. So how does that play into your coaching? Oh, wait, hold on, Bob, are you wearing a bra today?
2: Uh, no, I don't need one because my chest is so firm and tight.
0: Mm. Good answer. <laughs> Damn.
2: For you listeners out there, I'm feeling my husband's. <laughs> Lots of bench pressing and pushups. Yeah,
0: he actually is really strong. You
2: guys. Yeah, he's probably bench pressed me.
0: Actually,
1: he <laughs> bench press me and a half.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I was gonna say, I think we try to slap intimacy on as like the fix or the cure to a lot of things, and like what really needs to be discovered and discussed before intimacy is is like safety. Right, and I mean, I'm not talking about like an abusive. It's a different conversation. But is feeling feeling safe in the relationship, feeling emotionally secure, feeling physically secure without that experience of safety, like that—that's the actual conversation to be in. That I mean, we think about intimacy, and then you know, we were work... so not a sexy answer. It's not a sexy answer. <laughs> this is.
0: I know. I honestly, I was like. Mm. Hmm, (laughs) Shauna,
2: this is even a less sexy answer. This is my, Shauna can speak to what she feels, but we don't make actual time for it. And like this, we're talking about sex, right? Like there's all kinds of intimacy and you know, there's like cuddling and stuff like that, that can be just as fulfilling. But the, the other thing too, is we're overwhelmed and overburdened and lots is going on in life and we we don't bring attention to intimacy right it's just something that's supposed to happen or be spontaneous or like ooh, that's blah 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 and it's some of the best breakthroughs i've had with some of the clients that i've worked with individually was actually have them schedule time to have sex
0: yeah it was like mind-blowing because why not you schedule workouts yeah
2: and this was a hetero couple and like the female felt that every time her husband would show any type of affection, like hugs or kisses, she was like, he wants to have sex. So she couldn't feel safe in receiving any affection from him because he's just a horn dog. Right. And it helped him realize that like, Oh, Wednesday at six o'clock, we're going to have sex. So like I can freely show my wife affection and not think that it's going to lead to sex. I can actually just kiss her and just have it be a kiss. So it gave, gave him permission to feel more fully expressed in the way he wanted to love his wife, and it gave her the safety that she was actually requiring. Realizing that, like, no, I don't have time to have sex right now. I'm working, or I'm busy, or the kids, or you know, whatever it is. And it was it was a huge breakthrough for both of them. So the sexiest answers I can give you about intimacy is to feel safe and to schedule.
0: <laughs> no, that that was sexy as fuck. Because while you were talking, it was bringing up memories of. Awesome sex where I felt safe and free. And that's what it is. Feeling safe does not take away from sexy.
2: Yeah, or dirty or nasty or kinky. Hell no.
0: No, like yeah. you fucking be dirty and nasty and you do whatever the yeah. fuck you want. You're awesome. Whatever is pleasurable to you. Yeah. yeah. I have had a similar experience to that, actually, like multiple. Where I'm with someone and like we would start making out and things would intensify a little bit. And I would pull away because I would think that if I kept going, they would assume that we were having sex. And I wasn't in the mood for sex, but that didn't mean I wasn't in the mood for kissing still. Mm -hmm. And I never really even thought about that. Yeah, it's all about, it's all about communication. That's where it is.
1: And feeling seen and understood along the way in between also helps. We talk about that fundamental need that we go through with our clients. Like that's one of our first things we do is like making sure they know what their fundamental needs are and getting that met by themselves as well as their partner is so fucking sexy. It's a huge turn on when he like instead of trying to fix me is like oh my gosh i'm so sorry that that's going on that must really hurt and i'm like
0: <laughs> you're like you know what'll make you feel really good <laughs> 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 yes i 100 agree i agree yeah bob are you in agreement because you're just giggling over there smiling yeah. thinking about you guys having sex yeah okay they probably, you guys probably have really good sex. Before we end, we are hopping into the random ask question segment. Yeah. Do you guys want to ask first, or do you want me to ask first?
1: Ooh, uh, we'll ask you. Okay. Um. Well, since we're on the, like, the sexy, I mean, this is kind of not sexy, but it's, it's funny, weird. Do you ever pee out, like, out in public?
0: <laughs> what the fuck is that sexy? The only thing I can think of that's related to that is how... Pee after sex shauna, <laughs> shauna pieces, golden showers
2: shauna will pee anywhere she needs to pee costco parking lot yes grocery store parking lot side of the road after
0: having a baby <laughs> it's no joke can we just <laughs> go back to shauna saying golden showers <laughs> <laughs> nah, not okay that, yeah. <laughs> <No>. so, <laughs> wow this is, a, this is a not sexy question but hilarious the fact that I actually have an answer to this, okay. So, well, I used to like camp all the time growing up. I went to like a pretty outdoorsy overnight camp. So nice. I was pretty good at like bushing it is what we would calling it and just like squatting down and peeing. But in terms of public, which actually all of those years was a very good practice for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> if this was back in college. I was driving to school with some friends after Winter break or something, there was a horrible snowstorm. And it took, it's usually like a three and a half-ish hour drive from Chicago to Champaign. This was taking way longer. And I really had to pee. And I was in a car with three other boys. And they were like, just use the water bottle. I'm like,
2: Do you, know you want to see
0: that I have a vagina and not a penis? Like what do you <laughs> what do you need from me? Fuck off. And so we were just like bumper to bumper. Traffic was stopped. It was hardcore snow. Like I was like, okay, you guys turn around. I'm getting out of the car. This was in traffic, like on the like a super long road, mind you, in the middle of nowhere, because it's like prairie land down there in Illinois. And I just get outside and I go in the snow and, and, uh, everybody watching
1: you. <laughs> nice.
0: Everyone. I was like, if you want to watch, great. Have fun. I don't fucking care. Yeah, at this point. And
2: you get to that point where you just don't care. Yeah. You're just like, I just gotta go. Yeah.
0: I was like, I hope there's not a cop here, but it's happening. And everyone's going to be able to see where it happens because it's white. <laughs> yeah. And there were definitely a few times like being drunk in high school or or college where I really had to pee and would just like do it like outside. Wow, if anyone's listening to this from high school, sorry. But <laughs> it would happen. Okay. Is that is that a sufficient answer?
2: Yeah. I, I'm 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 satisfied.
0: Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Satisfaction. That goes along with sexiness. There you go. Here's my question. Who are your celebrity crushes? Um, God, I don't
1: Danny DeVito, maybe? Because I can motorboat him. <laughs> Holy shit, that's the best answer ever. I don't know. I <laughs> I legit have no, I don't have celebrity <laughs> crushes. I'm kind of like super crushing on my man um but yeah i'm six feet tall so danny devito would probably oh my
0: god my boobs (laughs) well my i know what i'm dreaming about tonight it's gonna (laughs) pop up in there randomly all right bob Uh, what about you
2: i've been i just got into i know i'm late to the party but i started watching vikings a couple months ago and um super into like the two Strong female characters in that. I don't know the actors' names, but it's the actress that plays Lagatha, and then actress that plays uh, Queen Oslag. Mm mm. They're like strong. They, like one of them was called the Shield Maiden, where she like fights and she's super <laughs> aggressive and like beats you know people up and super hot. And then
0: okay, but um, sub question. Mm. Have You guys done like role play with that yet? Oh,
2: no, yeah. not yet. You want to go to the comp? The- <laughs> Maybe I did buy him a Viking. Mug. I do have a, a horn mug.
0: Oh, <laughs> I did. My god, that can be a
2: prop. Maybe pee, <laughs> yeah. You could pee in this and we can dump it <laughs> over.
0: Thanks, Bob. Thanks. Golden showers all we will combine both stories yes. have Viking fantasies with golden showers and mugs. That sounds
2: like an awesome <laughs> Friday night.
0: That sounds actually horrid. You guys, thank you so much for coming on. I have so much love for you. Likewise. This was amazing. We're
1: so grateful that we're having an impact on your life and... Um, Yeah, it's wonderful to be here with you. You are a
2: gem. Totally.
0: Oh, thanks, guys. You too. Okay, now go plan your role playing. All right. Love you. (laughs) Bye. Love you guys. All right, you guys. That is a wrap on today's episode. Hope you got some good tips and tricks. This was so fun to record with Bob and Jana. I just, I freaking love them, you guys. If you're meeting them for the first time during this episode, go stalk them, go check them out. They are incredible. No matter where you're at in your relationship, looking at their resources, talking to them, getting their insight on everything and all things relationships is only going to boost that part of your life and trickle into all other areas of your life. All right, y'all. I love you, love you, love you all. So freaking much, please reach out to me if you are struggling, if you want someone to talk to. I know this is a crazy, weird, frustrating time for our country and you are not alone. I love you guys and I'll see you next episode.